Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. William, we were talking about uh, the year ahead and how things are going. I'll let you jump back in on that. Yeah, basically I just wanted to finish up with Joe Biden and talk about some of his pluses and minuses. I talked about the fact that since Jupiter is going to be all over his ascendant, the less he does, the better his poll numbers will go up. And I believe he's going to re- meet, meet uh, toe-to-toe with Bernie Sanders in the, in the, in the forthcoming weeks. He, he's got universal name recognition. He's connected closely with the exalted Obama presidency. He has the potential more than anyone else to raise vast amounts of campaign money through traditional donor, Democratic donor networks. He's a moderate. He's a centri- centrist like Obama. He appeals to Midwestern voters who switch from being Democrat to Republican and help deliver Trump the presidency. And, um, you know, but he also shares a lot of political weaknesses, such as his, he has a very lengthy history where it goes uh, very way back where Trump can pick apart. Trump is very good at taking someone's past and picking it apart like he did with Hillary and bounding him to the status quo. Right? Trump will try and frame him as another status quo Obama politician that many Americans have come to trust. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, more importantly, and this has to be factored in, he will be around 80 years of age in January, December 2021, right? And this is a big problem. And, and Bernie will be up there, too, way up there. Right, but Bernie's younger than Joe. And that's... that's is that's, he? He looks older. He looks older, <laughs> but he's younger, right? And, and Joe, Joe Biden has a propensity for verbal stumbles, allegations of inappropriate physical contact with women, and that's, this keeps emerging. And he also has the status of a two-time loser in past White House bids for presidential nominations. And the biggest question related to the age, and this is what I'm looking at in particular with his horoscope, is will he have the ability to endure arguably the most contentious presidential campaign of all time with the intensity of how Trump, with the power of his incumbency, he has the ear of the media, virtually unlimited financial resources at his disposal, remains seen. So can he go toe-to-toe day-to-day, at the speed and intensity and ferocity that Trump can deliver? And that's the big question. When I look at the horoscope long-term, I'm having my doubts. Really? So you, you see things... Uh, so if you had to make a decision right now... And by the way, Biden's younger than Bernie Sanders. Okay, all right. Okay, Biden's correct. going to be 77 in November... Bernie's going to be 78 in September. Okay, so I stand corrected on that. I, I must but they're close. Yeah, they're I close. Mean, they're, they're very close. close. I, you know, I'll tell you what. Um, this is going to be right down the line. We're not going to know the Democratic nominee until within weeks prior to the Democratic, um, to the Democratic uh, big convention that they're going to have, right? I think right now uh, the Democratic Party is very, very split, and they're looking for a centrist. Joe Biden is certainly one of them. Another one we have to look at is, and she's getting a lot of airtime by Rachel Maddow, who says that Pamela Harris, the senator from California, has a very good chance of being the 2020 Democratic nominee. The astrology is indicating that as well, right? So she is the dark horse who has the demographics behind her. She certainly has the... The, you know, she's a woman, she's a minority, she's a senator, she's, um, she, leans, she's, she's, she leans a little bit more on the left side, but more of a centrist 
right? And she's not certainly an AOC type of on the Democratic ultra-left-wing side of the party. She's much more centrist. And I believe that she's more likely um, to give Joe Biden a good run for, for his money as we get closer and closer to uh, the Iowa caucus. Do you see any breakthroughs in anything dramatic technology-wise, uh, William, in the next year or two? You know, I'm really seeing the fact that manufacturing and robotics is going to game-change things in such a way that even though Trump is bringing home all the manufacturing because of the major revision in taxes, in, in um, corporate taxes, which there's no, there's no incentive for corporations to have their cars built in China anymore, but to bring them back home. The problem is, is it will bring back jobs, but the robotics, the AI, and the new cutting-edge forms of manufacturing are going to um, improve manufacturing. We will become the new innovative manufacturing powerhouse like we once were all right, over the next forthcoming decade, but we will not have the job numbers. We will not get those 10 million, 6 to 10 million jobs that were lost uh, since the outsourcing began in uh, early 2000. So that's going to be the big issue. And, uh, you know, here's the other thing. I mean, you know, remember the days where you would get a job at McDonald's and Burger King, and that would be sort of your coming-of-age moment into the job force? Mm-hmm. That's not going to exist for Generation Zers who are coming-of-age now because there's going to be no one in McDonald's, right, other than a security or a security camera because you're seeing, like... Uh, automation. Automation, exactly. So the automation, intelligent intelligent automation and you know this idea that you need someone at the cash register that's not going to exist anymore because we're moving to crypto digital money it's all going to be plastic it's all going to be taking someone's phone mobile phone and just swiping it across some bar and the transaction will be complete so everything as we know it because of ai new manufacturing automation first generation ai being fully integrated into the into the retail Right? We're seeing a major, major radical transformation with retail because of this. Not just simply because of Amazon, but because retail is, is radically evolving faster than the current brick-and-mortar models. Oh, it, it's, it is. It is unbelievable. If you don't need it right now, you can just sit back and let it delivered right to your house. You don't have to fight parking or anything like that, and, uh, and you get it done. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look. Here's one of the things they don't talk about is that uh, U.S. retailers have announced 5,994 stores will close in 2019. That's after we lost 5,864 stores in 2018. And the numbers keep increasing every month in terms of the projections. And it still has to do with this automation, this new technology, and the fact that the middle class for many, many reasons that have been discussed on the show by many of the economic experts you have brought in, is deleveraging slowly. We still haven't seen a recovery, a, 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 a Main Street recovery, by the middle class since 2007. No, that's true. What about North Korea? What do you see there, William? You know, I, mean, I don't see a conflict. A lot of people still believe a conflict is going to occur. I, I'm, you know, I'm actually... Uh, looking at the, uh, looking at it, and this is sort of going out and taking a leap here. I see them coming to an agreement. Uh, I believe the Russians will be part of that agreement. They'll back up the North Koreans, and Trump will give it a second sh- shot. Certainly before the uh, 2020 campaign. So I believe there's going to be some type of 
armist, uh, a peace agreement, peace accord, and a neutralization of any further nuclear um, proliferation occurring in development in North Korea. Well, I hope you're right on that. Uh, and, you know, it's just, it's a, it could be a powder keg, keg right there. Yeah, I think the big powder cake has to do with what's happening with the South China Sea. The Chinese are very assertive. They're building military bases in international waters, and they are asserting that those international waters are their waters, and they are even, uh, they are doing everything to build a blue water navy at a record pace and try and bring their navy to parity with the U.S. Navy and to control the shipping lanes in the southern Pacific. So I think that is going to be an area that can be very explosive in the forthcoming months uh, between now and 2020. What about Russia? Russia, you know, Russia has got some major, major problems economically. Uh, They are doing everything they can to um, uh, purchase gold. But one of the things they're moving forward with, with the Chinese in concert, is space, De- deploying military, the militarization of space and having uh, control or dominance or rivaling the U.S. for uh, space, military space applications for dominance in the space realm is their total focus right now. So I think, um, and I think they're playing it, uh, they're playing a very good poker game when it comes to uh, Iran in particular. Uh, I believe, um, you know, there is discussion. I don't think there's going to be a war this year, so I just think it's going to be a lot more saber-rattling. I think Putin is playing a very, very smart poker game, Yeah, he needs to. He, he, he does seem to be a good chess player, too, doesn't he? Yes, yes, very much so. He's methodical, and he thinks things through. And But like you mentioned, the Chinese are much the same way, if not better. If not better, right. The thing about the Chinese is that they cannot innovate yet at the level the Russians can. So this is where they still need each other because China has the resources and the means and the Russians have the innovation and they still have uh, a good military tradition where they've been able to effectively deploy uh, strategic weapon systems. They need each other in order to rival U.S. power, especially in the airspace domain. Do you see anything uh, dramatic with UFO activity or in asteroid you know, plummeting the planet, anything like that? Well, you know, I don't see any asteroid hitting the planet, uh, certainly not within this decade. I, I don't see that. You know, one of the X events I talked about, an X event is uh, an event that is highly improbable. It's almost impossible to predict, but when it does occur, it will have very profound, long-term, pervasive ramifications historically, Financially, politically, etc. Right. I'll give you an example: the collapse of the Soviet Union. Okay. That's just the the clearest one. I boy, can when that when that fell apart, it went fast. Right, and nobody saw it coming. Right. No, not right. really. Mm-hmm. Now, the, astrologers knew something big was coming. In fact, one astrologer from the United States, Dr. Liz Green, did predict, and this is this is actually been uh, documented the collapse of the Soviet Union would occur in the late 80s when transiting Pluto would conjunct the Sun during the um, uh, Uranus-Neptune alignments that would come into form, formation, I should say, between 1988 and 1992. And that's when the Soviet Union collapsed. So uh, the thing is now, looking at that and looking at these type of X events in history, like World War I, 
collapse of the Soviet Union, the Napoleonic Wars, etc., we notice there's a con- conglomeration of large, slower-moving outer planets all forming together. And when they form together and they hit peak intensity, and we know when that will happen, X events occur within 24 months. We are now in the, Rome, in the, in the realm of X events. We're, 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 it, we're right, what do you say, like the window, the, the X event window. Mm-hmm. Has it's right there. It's right there. What about the Jupiter-Saturn-Pluto alignment? What does that mean to it us? exactly where I'm going with this. When you see this type of alignment formating, the formation of this alignment, it often indicates tremendous, tremendous widespread radical political social change. It also indicates a, a, a coercion of grassroots populist movements like you're seeing in France now. Uh, the, the, um, you're seeing these movements spread not just in France, but all over Europe. You're seeing an awakening and a galvanization of both the neoconservative right wing and the neoliberal left-wing factions, you see this playing out right now perfectly with British exit. Half the country wants to leave. Half the country doesn't want to leave. No one can agree on anything. And that sounds like us, though. It sounds just like us. It's happening here. We're going to see it really play out full force when the 2020 election occurs, right? So we're seeing the impulse for revolution for the purpose of purging the body politic of the nation's deeply rooted political class in dysfunctional power structure. That is what that alignment... Now, you've got to remember, it's not just the political class, it is the financial class. It is everything that's been holding back the development and advancement of human civilization. So anything that's been holding back, for example, the fossil fuel industry, has been holding back uh, civilization from transitioning to a type 1 civilization, uh, Mm -hmm. right? So we know that for a fact. That is going to begin to break down rapidly in ways we could never expect. And, be, and going back to this X event type of idea, or black swan event, is it's, we know it's going to happen. We just don't know the inceptional moment or from where it's going to come from, but it is going to happen. Yeah, so there's no question about that. It will happen. So, you know, we're really looking at cultural, political, scientific, economic developments that will occur, that will be disruptive, like we're seeing with Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies that permit exponential change to occur in society that leads to a deep-seated, titanic shift in civilization, in government, in economies, in, in how we do business, like we're seeing today with the proliferation of the Internet that is now basically driving all business, at least uh, all business, even small business, corporate business, international business. So this is what we're going to see, more of a, an intensification, acceleration. And often when these things happen, we see financial resets. We see political resets and financial resets. And that's the next big thing. That's one of the big black swan events. We, we can see it on the radar. We see something on a radar, and it's big, but we don't know what it is. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.